Welcome to episode 63 of Sack Kings Therapy. We're coming to you live right after the Brooklyn game uh, on February 23rd, 2021. Kings lose. Uh, what's the score? I cannot find it. 118 to 127. So, yeah, another loss. This is our eighth straight loss, unfortunately. And with me to talk about the game, uh, Fong. Yes. Also, my eighth straight loss from since coming back. So, yeah, yeah. it's been a winless uh, Fong return, unfortunately. But this game, you know, it had good moments, but I, I would say wasn't as ugly as the other games. Would you say? Yeah, I wouldn't say so too. I mean, this game we really had a lot better intensity. It's just that we, you know, we weren't hitting anything. For, uh, to even keep up with the lead. Yeah, um, and that's actually the story of the game. We're not going to go through it quarter by quarter because we're going to be repeating ourselves a lot. You know, it's the cliche. It was a back and forth game, back and forth game, and there will be there were <clears throat> there were many moments where you know we had a twelve point we were a twelve point deficit. All of a sudden, we cut it down to four within the minute. And then it will go back up to, like, say, 11 or 10. And guess what? It's a two-point game all of a sudden. That was basically how the game went. It was very back and forth. Yeah, sadly. I mean, that's the case with both teams' defenses being, like, utter just terrible. (laughs) Yeah. um, You know, King's defense. The most frustrating thing about the King's defense was we gave up a bunch of cherry pick layups that weren't even really cherry picks like there were multiple moments and bruce brown was the main recipient of these where basically he would just walk down the court and then and then he would just get an open layup for no reason and like marvin and buddy kind of got into it a little bit kind of like pointing saying that that's your man that's your man in reality it was marvin's man and i don't know what the hell he was doing but that happened multiple times and unfortunately, that kind of was the difference of the game. Mr. Bruce Brown. Pretty much the King's killer. Yeah, he had what? I, I don't know him, but he had a pretty darn good game today. Yeah, and again, a lot of it was a lot of the cherry picking stuff. He also was just the recipient, kind of the role man on a lot of uh, pick and rolls with James Harden in particular. James we, you know, we blitzed James Harden, kind of rightfully so, because he's a very dangerous player. And he would just slip these passes to Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown would just begin to the cup for layups after layup after layup. He had a number of floaters over Rashawn as well. Like, it just was his game. And, you know, it just not, you can't really do much about that, except, you know, get back on defense and get, you know, not give up cherry picks. You know, I hate repeating myself, but that was very frustrating to watch. Yeah, sadly, it happens multiple times throughout the game, and really, it's just we're just gonna have to let it go because it's something that's not taught. And also, you know, be, because it was the Bruce Brown game, he kind of was the one that stuck the dagger in the Kings' uh, little comeback. Uh, towards the uh, end of the fourth quarter. Basically, a guy that normally shoots 23% from three hits two clutch threes, a floater, to basically ice the game. And yeah, let, this will basically cap off the Bruce Brown section. You got to shout him out. He played well against us. It was his game. You know, good good for him. Yeah, I mean, great. <laughs> but 
Speaking about who's back, Harrison Barnes. We should be hey. talking about him. Yeah, he was good. And, you know, he actually kind of found his three-point stroke again. But, like, you know, he, he did have, like, moments of just kind of not being able to score in the fourth quarter. It's just, just kind of a theme with him. But, you know, it's nice to see him back. He is our best wing defender. And, you know, he provided much of what we, you know, were lacking in these in the past few games where we just didn't have a, you know, a really good wing defender to guard mm-hmm. against the, uh, you know, the opponent's best perimeter uh, player. Yeah, sadly, the Brooklyn Nets defense, or sorry, offense is way too much for Harrison Barnes to, you know, cover. And, you know, yeah. (laughs) I'll give credit where credit is due. I think Tyrese and Fox did what they could for the most part. But, you know, these are like the two most brilliant offensive players of all time on the other on the Nets. And, you know, that doesn't even include KD, which is crazy to say. Like, you know, there's only so much you can do. But again, they had to limit the easy shots by the role players, and they didn't really do that this game. Another reason why we lost this game was free throws, free throws. We actually shot better than the Nets overall, which surprised me when I looked at the box score. The main difference, however, was we only shot 19 free throws. We only made 13, which is a problem all on its own. Uh, And the Nets had 31 free throws and made 22. That was the actual difference between the game. Yeah, sadly, you know, we're not drawing enough fouls, and I kind of wish we uh, could draw fouls more, but we just kept on fouling just randomly. So, you know, it is how it is again. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, when you play guys like Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley heavy minutes, you're just going to have defensive breakdown. That's just how it is. And, you know, it's not like De'Aaron was that good this game. He did it, He did what he could, but... Like, he just couldn't really, he, you know, he ended up fouling a few times and gave up free throws. Yeah, uh, about the Kings' free throws, De'Aaron's our designated foul draw. And again, this, you know, he shot better from three this game, which was good to see. But at the same time, he's just not driving to the rim. And I hate it when he settles for threes. There were, there were a few possessions where he would just jack it up early in the clock. And those are the threes, I think, that are inexcusable. I'm okay with him, you know, spotting up for three or, you know, at least like driving and then, you know, finding nothing there and just shooting maybe a step back that that I'm actually uh, decently okay with. It's the early in the clock pull up threes that bug me more than anything. Yeah, you know, hopefully it kind of stays that way where he's this kind of consistency in threes, but in my opinion, yeah, I, I wish he drew a little more fouls rather than taking the three. He did lead the team this game and with seven uh, foul shots, but did miss three. Yeah, he's going to need to work on that free throw routine. Hopefully the, all, the all-star break is coming up soon. And, you know, a little bit, a little bit of spoiler, he did not make the cut. So hopefully he works something with that free throw routine because it, it it's an issue. Yeah, we shall see. Yeah, and you know, let let's not let's not get it twisted. The the Nets are a better team, even without KD, like than the Kings. And they just kinda showed it. Like they are an all time offense against an all time defense. 
Uh, and yeah, this kind of this is kind of what it turns into. You know, it was a shootout, and unfortunately, towards the end, we just couldn't keep up. You know, bad habits. The bad habits of the Kings kept popping up. You know, you know, bad defense, bad communication. As we mentioned, Fox not attacking the rim and settling for jump shots and not you know pressuring the defense in the way that he can is is a a theme of this losing streak. And again, I I don't think he's 100%. I think he's, you know, a little hurt and he just can't really explode the way he did. And yeah, he actually had a pretty ugly game for the most part up until those threes in the fourth quarter. Like he was, he would be forcing up a lot of shots, but you know, he was able to stabilize himself. So that's actually good to see. Like he can adapt on the fly. So that's a good progression of his game. But you know, I don't, I don't know. Something's definitely off with him and I don't know what the solution is. You know, hopefully during the All-Star break, he gets the, you know, the mentality in there and hopefully maybe the rest. We don't know like what's wrong, but hopefully after All-Star break, we'll see a resurgence in this team, especially with Fox. Yeah, and, you know, don't like exactly lose hope in the season. Like we we are about, I want to say, just over halfway done. And it's pretty jumbled in terms of standings in the West. Like, you know, a, a good winning streak can probably prop us like right there in terms of, the, you know, like right in the playoffs and we can get into the play in tournament. And, you know, Lord knows what's going to happen there. So, you know, like don't l- completely lose hope uh, in the Kings being able to kind of come back from this. And a little bit extra rest can will definitely benefit them. And, you know, trade deadline's coming up. You never know if Monty McNair has something up his sleeve. And, yeah, I think that, you know, the players just look a little worn out. And, you know, the injury bug has hit the Kings. And, you know, this is kind of the rough part of the season. And, yeah, just st- try and stick through it and just wait until the All-Star break. Yeah, you know, it has happened to us before. And we stuck through it. <laughs> so... Mm-hmm. We'll we'll have to hope for the best, and uh, yeah, we trust we trust in this team, and hopefully we'll get to the playoffs someday. Yeah, and you know it's good to actually see some fight from the Kings this game. Like they didn't just lie down and die, and unfortunately they did get kind of got towards the end by you know again Bruce Brown, but you know like there are encouraging signs. Marvin continues to look really good. Like he's learning, he's learning and seemingly getting better every day. I feel. I, I did see that he did have a weird hack of DeAndre thing, like with less than two minutes to go, which I think is a technical foul. I wasn't sure what that was. I, yeah, I missed the crunch time. Yeah, I don't know how to describe it. I, I did, Personally, I don't know the rules to NBA that well, but yeah, he hacked, um, what is it, uh, DeAndre Jordan and it turned into the tech. I didn't see where the tech came from but you know we could watch the highlights again and see <laughs> what happened really and yeah i'm reading on king's twitter and king's twitter being king's twitter were saying luke told him to do it i don't know it seems like there was a bit of mis- miscommunication there but anyways it, it's good to see that the kings showed more fight and showed more energy like they actually locked in and kind of got a few stops like towards like the end of the third quarter and the beginning of the fourth but you know like some some things didn't go their way like you know it, there was a opening possession on the fourth quarter where it just happened to end up in joe harris's hands and he hit a three and there are just some things that need to go our way that didn't 
But it's good to see that the, the Kings did show fight. And, uh, yeah, and it's also, you know, good to see Halliburton have, an, you know, another impactful game. You know, he he's as good as he is. He has a lot of stretches where, like, he's kind of silent on offense. Not so much this game. He was all over the place for the most part. Like, you know, he was hitting threes. He was setting up guys for, you know, like layups and lobs. He had nine assists this game and 23 points. He's growing by the moment, and I feel like he's finally getting to that boiling point where, you know, he he's understands that he has to attack more because he is the team's second best creator at this point. Yeah, I mean... Day by day, he's learning, and day by day, he's getting better. And hopefully, day by day, <laughs> we see improvement in hopefully defense and hopefully, you know, some uh, feet movement or what's the word? On ball defense. Well, defense too, but uh, also quickness. his footwork. His footwork. He's, yeah, lateral quickness too. Mostly his footwork too. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully that gets better because he is a he is definitely a foundational piece for us if we are ever to you know become a good team again. So we shall see. Um, yeah, so that's basically our kind of review of the game. Um, again, I just think the Nets are simply a better team, and it was a shootout, and ultimately we couldn't win this sh- shootout with the best offense of all time, basically. So it's not a, it's not a lot I can take away from this, and you know just in there for the ride. It sucks that it's the eighth straight loss, and yeah, um, hopefully next game is a little better. It is against the Knicks, who are not a, who are not the Nets, and you know hopefully we bounce back that game. Let's hope so because I'm looking for a win still. <laughs> yeah, you really chose a terrible time to miss Kings basketball and to come back, unfortunately. Um, yeah, so um, that's it for the game. Um, let's talk about some topics around the NBA real quick. So uh, I'm going to throw a trade proposal to you. Now, okay. I don't actually have a package for this, but, you know, we, you know, a lot of Kings fans are saying that, or, you know, just media in general are saying the Kings are likely going to be sellers uh, this this trade deadline because they have pieces that can really help other teams. So I'm going to just get, give I'm just going to kind of like try ask you whether you want to trade this player or not and you just say yes or no and you know if we you can think of a package off the top of your head go ahead um so let's start with the first one what are your thoughts on trading Rashawn Ooh to where anywhere anywhere Hmm. <sighs> That's hard. I want to keep him. Like 70%, I want to keep him. 30%, if if we get a good uh, big man back, I'm fine with it. But it really depends on the package. That's going to be, uh, let, you know, I hate to use the cliche word, interesting. Um, it's, uh, I don't know who would be out there, but like, I feel, so let's just say if, what would what would you want to pay Rashawn this offseason if we keep him? He is unrestricted. Ooh, that's true. How much is he getting paid now? Five Eight? million. Five. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much cat space we have left, but I think twelve to fifteen. Twelve to fifteen. 
Which is, yeah, probably around the price he's going to get, unless some team really loves him and offers him a $20 million deal. I am a bit just queasy for, because I think ultimately he's a backup. He's like, his best position is the backup, like, big man. Yeah. And he would be the, he would be probably the best, best backup big man if he, if we can find a starting center. Like, Mm -hmm. however, however we're going to do that, I just don't know what path we have to, you know, getting, I guess, a big burly center because, you know, I, I am I would be a little queasy about paying him twelve to fifteen million a year just because, you know, he's good. Don't don't get me wrong, but like he has certain limitations. But he is a perfect like kind of that replacement center that you know most teams would kill for. <sighs> yeah, it's well, yeah, it really depends. But as of right now, I would want to keep him unless we find yeah that replacement. Let's just say we get a first round pick. Let's just say from a mediocre team, and that that pick ends up being, say, the twelfth pick. Would uh-huh. you go for it? Would you go for it? Go for a center? No, uh, no. Trade Rashawn for it. Oh, first round twelfth pick for Rashawn? Yes, the, this upcoming draft. Mm. Maybe. That's that's hard. I would at, at that point, I might be fifty fifty about that. I'd be like, ooh, that that's that's pretty nice, but ooh, <laughs> I might I might actually lean towards doing it. Might lean towards doing it. Okay, interesting. Um, okay, well let, let's leave that one. I personally would keep him. I see. Even though, even though I think it kind of limits our ability to like you know be a elite team, just because, again, Rashawn, as good as he is, is a little smaller than I would like, and mm-hmm. I think he, I think ultimately he's a backup big. Yeah. Best case scenario, however, I see is you know, this involves the draft, is that he accept you know, he gets paid, let's just say 11, 10 to 12 to, to around maybe even 15 million, and he accepts that he, he's the backup big, and, like, we draft Evan Mobley. Uh, in this Ooh. upcoming draft. Interesting. So that would be kind of my one of my dream scenarios for that specific position. For the that will I think set our center position for years to come. But like then th- that opens up another kind of can of worms where you know wing defense. Like how are we going to get wing defense? But that is a issue that we are going to discuss more when the draft comes. So a uh, second um, idea. Would you trade Barnes to Boston? Ooh. Ooh. What we're going to get back? It better be, like, Jalen Brown. No, it will not, not be Jalen Brown. I've, I am, am in the same boat as you. I would want Jalen Brown. We're not getting Jalen Brown that deal. Yeah. However, we could be getting Aaron Neesmith and a pick from Boston. That deal. First round? First round. Possibly, like, what, top 20? Maybe. I mean, they're pretty garbage this year, so it might be in like the 15 range. Ooh. Hmm. Not bad. They're not garbage, but like, you know, they're not as good as they should be just because of injuries. It's not really their fault. Um, yeah. Clear that, out. clear that up. Uh. Oh. Same boat. I would like to keep Barnes because he's like, you know, that kind of like go-to guy and also like 
a great defender at the wing. But for Aaron ne- yeah, yeah, Neesmith, 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 Neesmith. I'm hearing Neesmith a lot. Neesmith, <laughs> and a first round pick. That's also pretty interesting. Plus, um, our cap space is pretty full at the moment. That doesn't matter. Neesmith is on a rookie contract. That doesn't matter. Yeah, no, no, no. Like dumping Barnes would help our cap space. I mean, uh. I'm also like 50-50 about this. I would lean towards maybe actually doing it. if it, I, I feel like Boston needs to add another thing to that uh, deal if it was to be that. Um, I don't know if Romeo Langford sounds like anything to you. They might even include Semi Ojale. Like, I think yeah. I think in order to actually make the deal work, I think they actually need to trade two players because they're they're toward they're like hitting the hard cap. I think. Yeah. Not, I'm not sure of like the economics of how that of how that works, but it's they may, yeah they will be receiving I think at least two players back. I see. I mean, it kind of helps us both in a way. Boston gets a great, you know, playoff ready player, and we get, you know, young men uh, to uh, grow with our team. Yeah, I mean, it would be a technically win-win for both of us, you know, if you look at it a certain way. But I don't know. I like Barnes, and I like what he provides. I think you can move. I think Barnes can be not part of the core, but he can definitely be that, you know, that veteran um, on the team. And I think he he has many years left. So I think he'll be a useful player into his 30s. I see. Unless he wants out, then, yeah, at that point, yeah, just... You can, you can trade him just to do right by him, but yeah. I, I like what Barnes provides. I like the leadership he provides, and yeah, I I think overall I think I'm with you in just keeping him. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's uh that's it for the trade ideas. The other trade ideas are kind of not. I don't want to say no brainers. It's just that I really think that we're gonna end up trading them, and it's not gonna be a negative to us overall. And by that, I mean Corey Joseph uh, and Nemanja Bielitsa. And if we can find a way to move Buddy for something back, I'm okay with that. Those guys, there's, There are many more possibilities um, with those trades. We won't get into that too much. But uh, in other news, Ryan Saunders of uh, Minnesota has been fired. Chris Finch was hired like an hour later. It's weird. <laughs> um, yeah, any thoughts about this at all? I mean, I haven't been following the Miz or Timberwolves in a while. I mean, even though they got the first round pick, I still haven't followed them really well. Um, I guess, sure, I don't... Sure. I, it's like, how how big of a chance uh, would they get going to playoffs with this new coach? Well, the... I don't think I don't think they're making the playoffs by any chance. I don't think they make the play in just because they're pretty deep in a hole right now. They're five and a half games behind us. Although after this game, it's probably five. But mm-hmm. I, I I just want to just speak on it. I just think Ryan Saunders got a really raw deal. Like you don't you don't have a good roster really. Like even when it's healthy, I don't think it's an amazing roster. Like. You know, Cat and D'Angelo, you can argue like, oh, that's a really nice defense or offensive duel. That is a disaster on defense. And, I, and you know, 
like he's been snake Ryan Saunders, I mean, has been snake bitten by injuries to his team. And I just think him getting fired just, you know, it's unfair because the the uh, front office gave him a rather shitty roster for the most part. And they he, and they expect him to make gold out of it. And he can't. <laughs> and it's just sucks that, you know, the coach is always the one that gets blamed for this kind of stuff. I don't mm-hmm. think he's as bad as, his, you know, his uh, record thus far as an NBA head coach would state. I think he'll find an assistant job somewhere. I hope he finds an assistant job somewhere because I've heard he is a good development coach. And it just bugged me that the way they fired him, like, and then hire someone right after that just kind of signifies like, oh, they've been in talks to re- replace him before, you know, they officially fired him. It just, it just smells a little, you know, I don't, I don't want to say shady, but it sounds, it smells dirty the way they did Ryan Saunders. Mm, I see. Yeah, so like that's kind of my thoughts over on it. I, you know, I don't, I wouldn't mind if he ends up on the Kings as an assistant coach. I don't think he's head coach material just yet. He just doesn't have enough experience, and he's very young. I think he was like, I think he's only like in his mid thirties, which is crazy young for a coach. So you know, he has a lot of potential there. Hopefully, he finds another job, and you know, good luck to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Hopefully, they get healthy soon, and you know, just get the season over with, and. Yeah, because it's not been pretty in Minnesota. No, it has not. But, you know, yeah. <laughs> Let's hope for the best for them, too. I mean, Anthony Edwards did have that dunk over Utah, uh, Watanabe. So so that's really the, one of their main bright spots. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Edwards is fine, but I don't, I don't know what to think of him. i got to give him at least, like, two or three years before I, you know, pass judgment on him as a player. Hmm. Okay, last uh, thing we're gonna talk about before we you know go, uh, the West uh, or the West and East uh, All Star reserves have been announced. Uh, for the West, it's Chris Paul, Paul George, Damian Lillard, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Zion Williamson, and Anthony Davis. Although he is likely to be replaced because he is injured. Mm-hmm. Um, on the East is James Harden, Julius Randle, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Zach Levine, Ben Simmons, and Nikola. Vucevic. Uh, I don't have the all-star starters in front of me, but I'm, I have a pretty good idea of who they are. Uh, um, I have it in front of me. You have it in front of you. Um, can you name them real quick? Okay, so in the West, it's Luka Doncic, Stephen Curry, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, uh, Kawhi Leonard. And for huh? the East is Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Okay, so those are the all-stars. Um, out of this list, do you think there's been snubs? Uh, yeah, I, I wonder who. So, someone that rhymes with we Aaron. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like right before you came back, I would have I would have agreed with you if it was a snub. But since we've been on this losing streak, I I just don't think he ever really had a chance. Like the the main knock on him is that he his team isn't winning. It's never been a knock on De'Aaron. It's just the competition in the West is so brutal. Like you have to get through probably like so you know there's two there's two locks always in the point guard position. There's Damian Lillard and Ste- and Steph Curry. So those guys are locks always, and then you have to find a way to kind of sneak in somehow. 
you know, in those third, fourth, uh, and maybe fifth spots. And I just don't, I just never think like, like De'Aaron's individual performance merits all-star consideration, but the ones that do make the all-star point guard position, the guard positions are always on winning teams for the most part. And unfortunately, the Kings, you know, just haven't been winning much. Uh, you know, before you came back, like, we were winning, so I was actually really into the idea of him being an all-star. But since this eight-game losing streak, he really doesn't have much of a case at all. Yeah, that's the sad truth, and, you know, it's it's a tough West, and pretty much all the spots are taking up, um, you know... Looking at this reserves, it's yeah, I can't. It's it's hard. It's tough. And sadly, yeah, we are in the losing team. And you know, well, he'll get there someday. I know it. I have a I have a feeling. Yeah, I think once this once the team figures things out, I again, I don't think it's anything to do with De'Aaron being any being bad or anything. I think he's up there with a lot of the stars in terms of statistics. It's just that the team isn't winning, and that's why he's not in on this list. I think once we start winning, it's he'll be here. Uh, as part, he might even be. A, uh, he probably won't be a starter, just, but like he'll he'll be on this you know reserves list. But as it stands, um, any kind of snubs you think that doesn't involve the Kings on either side? Hmm. <sighs> I gotta think about that. Wait, why don't we look at the starters again? Uh, starters, I actually don't have an issue with. I mean, the guys. Yeah. I mean, like you know, it's a popularity contest, and you know, those are good players. Um, one guy that sticks out to me that isn't on the list is Devin Booker. Like, you know, he's not on the list. Do you think he'll? Do you think he'll replace uh, Anthony Davis? Ooh. Maybe. Uh. Why well, I'm still trying to think of. There's so many players in the West that could replace Anthony Davis, but Devin Booker would be in the top, I'd say. Let me see what their standing is uh, real quick. So they are the they're the fourth seed right now. So I don't know. I I'm kind of mixed on that. Devin Booker, I don't think has been playing that well this year. He's been he's been okay. Don't get me wrong, but it's just not as good as he used. You know, he usually plays. Let me see his stats real quick. God damn it, this is way harder than it should be. Anyways, um, I don't, I like. What do you think of Mike Conley, um, from Jazz? Uh, I don't know. Like I said, if uh, they're, this, they're three uh, and a half games uh, above the first seed. They're pretty. They're really good yeah, right now. They're deep in, but uh. With this stacked, you know, guards in the West, it's it's kind of hard to fit him in. Like if Fox can't get in, it's it's pretty tough for uh, him to get in. But to I replace, I just completely disagree on that. But sure, okay, go. Oh go no, but to replace Anthony Davis, I'd say it would be a pretty close competition between the two. But then again, like you said, Devin Booker between has between De'Aaron been, and Mike Conley. Or sorry. Devin Booker and Mike Conley in place of uh, F.A. Davis. Yeah, let me let me actually look up some stats because I I don't agree with that. And again, the the Utah Jazz are so good this year. You might you might be able to squeeze in three All Stars, 
Ooh. I don't think I don't think it's crazy to actually squeeze in three three all stars. Ooh. So yeah, I I'm I mean I wouldn't be mad if Mike Conley made it. He's kind of deserved one at some point. I mean, if he was playing in the East, like he definitely would have made an All Star team at you know <laughs> by now. But because he's in the you know the gauntlet that is the West, like he, he just can't catch a break. And you know it's kind of long overdue. I feel. Mm-hmm. And Devin Booker made it last year, even though I didn't think he deserved it. So yeah, that, that's my take on it. Yeah. I just cannot find his goddamn stats. Why is this so hard on 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 NBA.com? There we go. Mike Conley's averaging 16 and I wait. Oh, this is so weird to read. 16 and 16 and 5.6. And okay, stats not impressive. Plus minus, he's actually really high. Holy shit. He has the highest plus minus in the team. Wow. Yeah, it's statistically probably not the greatest like you know, greatest case, but I think he, he's kind of like the Kyle Lowry type where, you know, he just makes things happen. And again, I think it's a long time coming. I think he deserves it. Oh yeah. Sooner or later. What about the East? Can you think of anyone in the East that you think should have made it, but didn't? Uh, I was going to say Pascal, but I don't think he's playing too well. I am trying to find the Raptors on here, and I cannot <laughs> find them. Okay, so Raptors are the fifth seed now. They've actually played a lot better since their god-awful start. Yeah. And, yeah, I mean, I would consider it, but I, I don't know. I actually don't know if uh, Pascal's playing any, any good. Let me and check. It, let's see. Kyle Lowry... I don't know about that. I think that's a stats thing with him. Like he's a, it's the same thing. He, he, you know, his stat just, his stats usually don't stand out. Mm-hmm. Um. So let me check real quick. Yeah, Kyle Lowry is, you know, 17 points, almost 18 points a game, and how many assists? He has six assists. Wow, that's actually, you know, close to All Star numbers. It's unfortunate mm-hmm. that he didn't make it though. Pascal Siakam, 20 points, seven rebounds. Yeah, seven rebounds and, you know, just under five assists. So he has all-star numbers, but I think just the perception of how they started, just, you know, unfortunately that kind of clouds how good they've been since. Yeah. Um, um, what do you think of Trey Young? Trey Young? Uh, I don't know. Is he playing well? He's playing well. His team is uh, pretty bad. Yeah, well, I guess it's kind of like the same boat as us with the Kings. So, you know. That's exactly what I was about to say. And, yeah, yeah, like, he made it last year. I thought he totally did not deserve it because he got voted in. So that's the worst way you can go get in, honestly. And, Mm -hmm. yeah, like, I, I don't think he should make it because your team is pretty trash and you're the worst defender in the league. Like he's a he's a maestro on offense. That defense is fucking awful. <laughs> he is he is, you know, like he is historically bad all by himself. Yeah. Sadly, the case. Uh I'm actually looking at the 2020 um All-Star game and looking through the players see Kemba well Kemba's injured right well, he's back but he hasn't played well since so yeah injuries kind of hurt 
the chances. Uh, Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. I think Jimmy's kind of slowing down, isn't he? So he, so he's been injured most of the year, and since he's come back, it's been up and down. They're also the tenth seed. I see. So yeah, and Bam hasn't been, you know, transcendent enough. Although, I mean, I I would have given him consideration. Mm-hmm. He's been the only bright spot of that team, really. Let's see, there's also Chris Milton. Oh, Wait. that was one of the big snubs. Yeah. Hmm. You think he should have made it? I think so. It's just that who should he replace? Looking I, through I think... the list, um, I mean, you know, I don't want to crap on him because he's been having a great season. But you know, that I wouldn't have minded if he replaced Zach Levine. I see. I thought you were gonna say Julius Randle. Oh, what's their standing? So they're the seven seed. So yeah, that would probably do it for me. Yeah, I'd probably take out Zach Levine. I see. Yeah, that would be a good replacement. Let's see. Oh, big men in uh in the East. Yeah, I mean like Nikola Vucevic has been playing well. His team is absolute shit. So like <laughs> I, he might be he might have been the one I would have left out, honestly. Just cuz like it's not his fault. His team has been just devastated by injuries. Mm-hmm. And like he I mean he absolutely destroyed the Kings when he came to Sacramento. So Oh yeah. You know, he's good. And you know, I don't mind that one as much. I but, see. Like I, if you left him off, I I totally understand. I think that's going to be enough all-star talk. Yeah, those are the ones that stand out to me. Again, I've made my De'Aaron case. It's unfortunate that the team just can't really keep up with him. And, you know, hopefully next year we're in a better situation to, you know, fight for an all-star spot for him. And uh, as it stands right now, uh, no Kings in the all-star game. And, yeah, um, you know, what what do you think of the all-star game? Do you think they should even play one? In my opinion, I think uh, I don't think so. Like, it's how many days is it? Just one day now, right? I think it's two. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It's like, does like why really have it? I mean, we know why they have it. It's because of the TV contracts, but and then. You know, like I don't, I just don't think it's really feasible. And you know, people are gonna party, like that. You know, I know, like the Atlanta mayor and Adam Silver is like, hey guys, don't party, even though we're having a uh, event here. But it's gonna happen. It's probably gonna be another kind of one of those super spreader events, even though they're not directly responsible for it. They're kind of, I mean, it, there, there's a dirty feeling about this All Star game. I'll just say that. Mm. Well. We'll see, because I didn't know people party for the All-Star game. Oh, no, there's parties all the damn time. People will find any reason to party in the country. <laughs> you know, it's Atlanta. It's all, it's Atlanta. So, like, they, they've always been partying. Like, it's never really stopped. They're just using basically any excuse to throw some sort of party or feast or festival. Yeah, they're, I mean, they, they don't give a shit down there, let's be honest. I see. <laughs> Well, that's going to do it for this episode. It did go a little long on the uh, extra topics, but, you know, hopefully you guys, hopefully you guys enjoy this. Um, yeah, um, eight straight loss for the Kings. Uh, hopefully they bounce back next game and end it the losing streak at eight.
Yes, we shall see because I want that win. <laughs> yep. Uh, we'll catch you guys uh, probably Friday night um, after the back-to-back uh, for Detroit. I see. Well, we'll see you guys then. Thank you.